Now, we are in our eighth week of a series that we've been going through called Now Showing. Why? Because this whole thing, when we begin our relationship with Christ, when we sense that the Holy Spirit is tugging on us and saying, look, you need a Savior, Jesus is that Savior, say yes to Him. That's not the end, that's not the end road, that's the beginning. God, the Holy Spirit isn't trying, that's not the end result, that's the start. Holy Spirit's like getting us engaged in really participating in the kingdom. Getting us translated from death into life. And then we begin to live life and life more abundantly, which is what Jesus talked about. And that now showing, our lives should begin to reflect who Jesus is. If our lives begin to, our, some of the, the, of, some of the pieces of us begin to kind of be chipped away in his attributes and his character begin to show off in our lives. That's what this series is all about. Because as God, if you'll take your notes, you're about to start on that part of it. You just open up the little worship guide there. And um, as God is growing us from the inside out, we'll begin to show more and more of his qualities in our lives that is what we're supposed to be that's why we are christians we are christ followers we are to trying to be a reflection of who christ is and i love the way paul helped us to wrap our minds around this by calling it the fruit of the spirit it grows on the outside you know we've talked about before that that apple doesn't produce apples so that its little branches can go over there and chew on the nice little fresh juicy apple no, something else eats the apples. But in that process, if something else is being nourished and grown, the seed of its core nature gets passed on. It is this beautiful cycle. Whenever we really begin to express the fruit of the Spirit, what, who God is, it's not there for us. We get to some, some side benefits of it, but it's there to impact others' lives. The people we love the most, our family, our friends, and then just random strangers as we begin to impact other people's lives and this fruit begins to show. And guess what? As that nourishment is drawn into them, the seed of what the kingdom is really all about, it gets passed on. That is what this whole process is about. And we've been looking at this. This is the eighth week we've chewed on this. We're going to wrap it all up next week. And... Um, but we are, today we're looking at this fruit called gentleness. But let's look at Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the, the grip it and rip it part of the of living for god where we can just go for it where you don't have to have the little throttle governor on it where it won't let you get above 72 miles an hour no this is where you can just go full bore and just be full of joy and full of love and even full of gentleness and uh but we have to have this concept in our minds and in our lives that we talk about here at celebration church all the time we have to have this move forward mentality. We've got to have this concept that we're going to say, God, change me a little more. Do something a little more. I mean, we cannot ever choose to get stuck. We have to always be constantly saying yes to God. And with us, you know, <clears throat> all schools about to be in full swing tomorrow and everybody's so excited about summer ending. 
And so some are. There's teachers, two teachers, hurrah. Let's just give a hand to teachers. Thank God that teachers aren't going, why, Lord, why? Give us more summer. Um, but with, uh, with, uh, with, that in, with that in mind, um, we want to make sure that we, uh, this is promotion Sunday, that we're going back to school. There's a little video I want to show you that uh, kind of encapsulizes our move forward ideal. You roll it for me. Good morning, Reagan. Good morning. Good morning, Madison. Good morning, Johanna. Good morning, Johnny. People are always asking me why. Why do the same thing every year? Why not move on? And I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Johnny? Present. I'm comfortable. I know the routine. And I don't want to brag, but... I'm pretty popular around here. I do really well in sports. No! No, not my house! Well, I'm just very successful here. Why would I go and mess that up by graduating? B. I mean, in the first grade, I may not know all the answers. D. D. Dog. E. The hours are longer. I hear they don't even have nap time. I mean, I just don't see the upside. Then first grade leads to second grade, second to third. It's really good. Then you're in high school reading boring books with no pictures. Three, four, five. But he was still hungry. Next thing you know, people expect you to get a job and give up summer vacation. <laughs> no, sir. I think I found my niche. Thank you very much. Home sweet kindergarten. Besides, I mean, what if I failed first grade? How humiliating would that be? No, just don't think I could handle that kind of embarrassment. That was not a good choice. Very disappointed. Folks, that's not where we want to be. <laughs> Kindergarten's got some, uh, some benefits. Uh, kindergarten was so great, I did it twice. I really did. And so, uh, uh, don't look at me like that. I started the first time young. And I needed it twice. But uh, we, don't, we want to have a, this mentality that we're going to move forward. That, that we're so thankful that God met us where we were. We have to keep that and we have, can never lose the joy of our salvation. We always have to remember that Christ snatched us from, from, a, from an, uh, an eternity apart from the Father God. That He has, has stepped into our lives and has changed it forever. But we can't just camp right there. We can't just stay right there. He loved us so much He met us where we were. But he loves us so much that he doesn't leave us there. He is changing us constantly. He is moving in our lives and is growing us from the inside out. Bless God, I'm so thankful that we don't have this outside pressure. And so that we have to shove it all from the outside. No, it's the Holy Spirit changing us from the inside. And those changes show up. We begin to know if it's really taken root in our lives. If these things begin to show up in our lives. 
if these character traits that only come from God's growth and maturity in our lives, this fruit of the Spirit, that's why this is so, so important. So as we are looking here at this fruit of gentleness, whenever we're, if you like to look at the original language and you look at the Greek and all this, this is the most untranslatable word that, uh, that Paul uses in this, here, in this list. This one's the one that's hardest to really kind of get a pinpoint answer. But <clears throat> it is the, the Greek word, uh, you can look at him in your notes. I gave it to you because I can't say it. I barely speak English. And, um, but there is an adjective form of it called uh, praus. And its translation helps give us some insight into what this concept that Paul's talking about of this gentleness. And it is the word that we would maybe use for tamed. It shows that there is this, this nature, this wild nature that's been pushed down. And this, this, uh, cre- this creature has been brought into this place of a willingness to submit and to be used. Ultimately, that's what this gentleness is, is this concept of it being not my will, but your will be done. It, it has in its flow this, uh, this concept of meekness. In fact, the King James Version translates, instead of saying gentleness, it says meekness here. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. We don't use that word in common everyday language. You know, my kids have never said, oh, you know, we got this new kid at school. They're so meek and wonderful. We don't say meek. It's just not in our regular word. So in this idea of meek, we have a hard time really translating it. And we tend to associate it with that concept that used to be thrown around of meek and mild, of this little little, um, weak person, this person that's not outspoken, that just kind of cowers in the corner, more of a wallflower type of person. But meekness, true biblical meekness, and the, the best example is Moses. Now Moses was a strong, powerful leader, but was referred to as the meekest man on all the earth. Okay, well, wow. Well, that doesn't go to the whole whole wallflower thing. So what is meekness? Meekness is best translated and best understood and defined as power under control. That is what it is. It's not that that power has been stripped away it's that power that's under control. You know, we see these, um, this idea of what, uh, you know, what, uh, what, like every woman's stereotype man, you know. And he's got these, you know, big bulging muscles, unlike me. And uh, he's got all this, you know, you know gorgeous hair. And I look like a Fabio kind of guy. And, uh, you know, he's just this strong guy. But he has all of that brought under control and is so tender and sweet towards this woman. But he can be a grizzly bear if he needs to. He can, boy, he can wield the sword and do what needs to be done. <clears throat> that, that concept, that thing that, that makes the stereotypical woman's heart kind of go boop, 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 that's the concept of gentleness. Where there is this incredible power that's brought under control, that it could be wielded properly that is what god wants to do remember we were made in the image of god whether you understand it or not you had there is the power of god resident in you you were created that's why we had this in this video in the intro you were created for a life-shaking kind of life a world-shaking kind of life 
But if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to harness that and to focus it, we'll end up living a destructive life. Gunpowder can either be made a bomb and blow everything up, or it can be harnessed and it can make a bullet hit its mark. This, this gentleness is more the concept of the bullet hitting its mark. That is what we want done in our lives. Well, ultimately, we have the power. We have physical power. We have mental power. We have verbal power. We have all of these different things. So if we're going to operate in this place where, where things are constructive and not destructive, then we have to have this men, mental mindset of gentleness. That was redundant. Mental mindset. What are the kind of mindset you're going to have? I don't know. <laughs> but gentleness treats others with the value that God sees in them treats others with value now whenever i was younger i don't know if anybody else had kind of bizarre thoughts like this as a child i don't know what this is revealing about me right now but uh um when i was little i used to wish that i was you know so big like a giant and then i could just reach over and i could just crush things I like it. That'd be so awesome. I'd go and grab a car and just crush the car. And I could just grab these things, and, you know, and I, I could just smash them. And so, and I, and I thought that for, you know, uh, you know, for a couple of years. I just thought that would just be so cool. And then I realized that, wait a minute, I'm big enough now to crush different things. Well, why don't I do that? Well, because the things that I could crush are valuable. You know, they're the stuff that had the little knickknacks on my mama's shelf that I could reach over there and grab those and smash those down. There's some different things. Wait a second. Even if I was huge and ginormous, had all of this power, it would still have to be under control based on value. Based on value. That is why we have to treat each other the way God sees them. We carry with us this incredible potential. That we can either build somebody up or we can tear somebody down. And we have to constantly be looking to treat each other, to build each other up and be gentle with each other. Ephesians 4.2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Folks, if you've got to bear with somebody, it's grating on you. It's getting under your skin. You probably want to smack them. You probably want to take all that strength that you've got and do something unbeneficial for them if you're having to bear with somebody. But what's different about us as believers is, is that we should show the nature of God. God can deal with us like that. But He's gentle and He's patient with us. We have to reflect that in the way we deal with others. We went through a uh, little marriage uh, thing or maybe watched some videos with uh, Gary Smalley. Um, years ago and he was trying to get this idea of value and he took this um uh, stradivarius this uh violin and i don't know if you're familiar with the stradivarius they were like million dollar instruments and uh, just these incredible value and has a crowd like this and tells people about stradivarius and how rare this instrument is and that it's worth a million dollars and says all right now i want you to pass it on and puts this million dollars that somebody could just take the neck of it and just smash it on a chair and just destroy it. I mean, and puts it in their hands and then just watches. And everybody just watches as it just gets passed around. He said, I, just, I want you to just fill a million dollars in your hands. 
And so, boy, they're just, you know, some people are not even wanting to take it. Just somebody else next. That's what I need to do. I'm not a gentle, physically person. Like my wife said, I punched her twice as she's coming up here. And, I, and that was in worship. I like in the throne room of God smacking people up. And so, uh, and I'm just not a gentle person. I just have to pass on it. But when people understood the value, all of a sudden they began to treat it with such kid gloves and precious. And you know what? That million dollar violin made it all the way around the room and back up to the front without a nick or a scratch or anything in it. Why? Because everyone in the room valued what it was. Whether they had ever heard of Stradivarius or not, that million dollars, they understood that. That was a common denominator. I, don't, I ain't paying for that sucker. I'm passing that on. We understand that we have to do that. We have to be willing to be able to treat each other the way that God views us and values us. And you want to say, well, how, how does God really value somebody? I, what value does God place on them? Same value he placed on you, the life of his own son. When you begin to place that in that, or oh, wow. You mean that cashier at that fast food restaurant that got my order wrong twice? twice god loves them that much and i've got to be gentle with them yep you mean my kid that did the same thing 10 times the same dumb thing 10 times yes yes that kind of value that's what helps keep us from getting into the destructive part of our strength and operating in the building part of our strength That strength exists. God didn't rip it away. He didn't rip it away from us because of the ugly that it could be done. And folks, we see people do ugly with their strength all the time. A life submitted to Christ allows the fruit of gentleness to come up to where God can use that strength to build. That's the kind of people that we want to be. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin... You who are spiritual should restore him gently. It's not you, stupid idiot. You're going to go to hell. How dare you trample the blood of Christ? No. No. No, that's not gentle. I'm not saying we sugarcoat it. I'm not saying we have to dance around issues that need to be dealt with. I'm saying the spirit of gentleness. That I have to repair a Stradivarius. If I'm going in, I'm going to make sure the only thing that gets dealt with is this little broken spot, and I'm not breaking something else in the process. That is the mentality of gentleness. 2 Timothy 2.25 says, Those who oppose him, the Lord's servant, must must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. First Peter 3 says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for your hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that you who speak maliciously, <clears throat> so that, sorry, those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Our gentleness, folks, is what's going to set us apart. The world can't malign us if we're standing for truth and righteousness 
in a gentle way. In a gentle way. Folks, that is why we, we see the, the effects that Gandhi had in, ch- in seeing change, that we see that, the, the, that Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement had the effect that it changed. Why? Because it came with this gentle strength. It didn't come with, with, <clears throat> with uh, axes and, and, and anger and, and violence. It came with this gentle strength. And guess what? Bless God, it won. Gentle strength pushed in the right direction does so much more good. It does so much more good. We also have to understand that gentleness is aware of the power of words, both to build and to destroy. And this is where we've got to, we've got to be so conscious of our strength is when we are wielding our tongues. Man, we can... We can tear somebody down three times our size. That we couldn't stand a chance with them toe to toe, fist to fist. But all of a sudden, tongue to tongue, we can tear them down. We have to be aware that this gentleness of tongue, that it, that it can, it can be used to build good things up. And that gentleness can also be used to remove bad things. Well, there's not this thing where there's a time to just be crazy harsh with our words. Not necessarily. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, harsh for harsh, it never works. It just doesn't work. We want to do that. Man, somebody is a little short with us. Boom! We just want to bring it right back immediately. We just want to do it. And all that does is create escalation. Man, the, the, the craziest example I've ever heard was we used to always get my Meemaw to tell us stories. We'd go over and stay at her house, and she'd get out the cots, and we'd go, be time to go to bed. She'd tell us these stories about growing up on the farm all the time. We just loved her stories. And we'd tell her, tell us the one about, about Virgil and Lenny. And um, well, Virgil and Lenny were older siblings of hers. And, of course, they lived out on a farm which had the big windmill. And the windmill was broken, and there was all the little cogs and stuff that were, had been disassembled, and they were just sitting up there on this little shelf. Well, Virgil was up on the windmill, climbing around, and Lenny was down below, and he brushes one of them and pushes it off and knocks it off. Well, this sprocketed cog falls and hits Lenny on the head. Big old heavy sucker, boom. She just starts bleeding like crazy. Well, my great-grandfather was a fairly... Old school, harsh man. And uh, when he went to deal out discipline, he dealt it iron hand. And so everybody was afraid of him. They're like, well, we don't want, we're not, this ain't going to death. And uh, so he comes down off of there and is like, Lenny, 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 please, 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 don't tell, don't tell. I'll let you take these wire pinchers. I don't know what wire pinchers are, folks. You know what wire pinchers are? Somebody knows what a wire pincher is. I've never heard of it other than my Meemaw story. And so she says, I'll let you take these wire pinchers and you can pinch my toe as hard as you want. That thing of, you know, harsh deserves harsh. So she's like, all right, she's bleeding. And she grabs those wire pinchers and she grabs his toe and pinches and twists and just about rips his toe off his foot. She is so mad at him. Well, then they both end up, he's like, she overdid it. She went way too far. This harsh for harsh went way too crazy. And so she, he limps in and she comes in. And, and then both of them end up getting a whooping on top of it. 
Harsh for harsh don't work, folks. It don't work. I'm telling you, we, I've, I've tried it with my wife. It doesn't work. She's snipping with me and me snip back. It, it just gets uglier faster. That's why the Bible tells us, man, all of a sudden something starts blowing up. You can begin to diffuse it by bringing in gentle strength. I'm not talking about cowing down. I'm not talking about, oh, whatever, whatever. I'm not talking about being a spiritual wimp. I'm talking about bringing that strength with a gentle application. That is what begins to change everything. Proverbs 25, 15 says, Through patience a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. All of a sudden you find that it's gentle, can, it can deal with it. You, you can go into a fight. You can deal with things that need to be dealt with but do them in a, in a gentle way. <clears throat> Proverbs 18 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Gentleness also was demonstrated for us by Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus tells us, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls see folks <clears throat> gentleness um it, it, it's not a tough taskmaster jesus is not a tough taskmaster we can't we're not have to be afraid about coming to christ because all of a sudden he's going to just begin to squeeze our life and bring us into conformity to the image of christ no he gently works in us to will and to do his good pleasure it is a beautiful thing Matthew, I mean Luke twenty two forty two says, Father, if you are willing, take this come from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. That is that strength under control. Not my will, but yours be done. It is the ultimate thing of not, of not, of not passing the buck, of not sloughing it off. So many times, our we forget to be gentle because we're in this place of frustration. And we'll pass, the, we'll pass that frustration on to somebody. Gentleness begins to come in and see salvation in the midst of an ugly, ugly moment. John 5.19 says, Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus was submitted. He was allowed that strength to be under control. John 5.30 says, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I do not seek to please myself, but him who sent me. Wow, that thing right there will make us so much more gentle with people. We're not here to please ourselves. Man, losing it for a second it may feel good to us for saying but we're not, that's pleasing ourselves. That's not pleasing God. And ultimately, it, it creates a whole new mess that we have to fix. And then last of all, we have to understand that gentleness doesn't necessarily come naturally. It's got to be pursued. This is one of those pruning fruits that it's, it's developed, it's cultivated. It's not just, just grow kind of wild on its own. It's one of these pursued things. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's a whole bunch. 
of the fruit of the Spirit that have to be cultivated and pursued. And then ultimately, we want to see this, folks. 1 Timothy 6.11. But you, man of God, person of God, when you're in Christ, that is who you are. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. That's, whether you've acted that way or not, that's who you are. That is your identity. <clears throat> Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Oops, I'm on the wrong one. Um, <clears throat> but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And gentleness. I'm telling you, God wants to take the strength that he placed in you and use it to begin to impact the world around you. See, the fruit of the Spirit, it really, really is. We've said this every week. We'll say it again next week. The fruit of the Spirit really is the ultimate fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven. It is that transfer. Heaven will deal with each other gently. Let's just bring that here now. Let's let God bring it now. And let's choose to allow heaven's gentleness to grow in our lives. No, it doesn't, it doesn't feel naturally right so many times. We want to pop off the other direction. We have to make the decision to allow the Holy Spirit to go that direction in our lives. We have to choose, choose, choose gentleness. And then the Holy Spirit will grow it. It'll cultivate it. It truly only comes from Him. It truly only comes from Him. But this morning, we want to make sure that first and foremost, everybody is at the starting gate. That everybody has at this place where you are the child of God, where you are the, the person of God. And that only happens. It's not by a bunch of things you do on the outside. It's not by showing up to church or reading your Bible or any of that stuff. It's by the, what the Bible calls the new birth. Whenever you say yes to him and life comes in and pushes out all the death. It is an incredible thing. And if we want to create a quiet moment that with everybody's eyes closed and heads bound, that if that's you, if you say, you know what?